Ultimate Talk is Jericho. It is the pot of thunder and rock and roll. And guess what? Today is Friday. That's right. And today's episode is being brought to you in part by Great Clips. Because at Great Clips, we want you to love your haircut. That's why we created Clip Notes. Notes that tell us what you like. So you get your same great haircut every time, every place, everywhere. And remember, with Clip Notes, no matter which stylist cuts your hair, you're going to get the haircut you want only at Great Clips. And only here on Talk is Jericho. It's the debut this week, today, of Sean Waltman, X-Pac. He's finally on Talk is Jericho. I've been waiting for this one for a while. I tracked it a few months ago in Philadelphia, and here we are. I knew the conversation was going to be great. It is. Sean is an amazing guest, man. He's got such a great mind for the pro wrestling business. He always did, even when I first met him back in 1994 in uh, Tokyo, Japan. He's super cool about sharing his knowledge and trying to help the younger guys just getting started. He's gonna. Uh, you're going to hear some of that coming up, and of course, he's telling us stories from his WCW and WWE days, including the massive concussion he suffered in his match with Scott Hall. He was really close to Kurt Henning, Mr. Perfect, in with the NWO, part of the click with Shawn Michaels and Triple H. We'll talk all about that. And if you want to know about all his gimmicks, one, two, three kids, six Pac, and even a couple that never actually worked out, like the man, just keep listening. Sean Waltman's on his way. He also, uh, when I first got to the WWE, was one of the guys that helped me kind of get acclimated to the WWE system. He was personally put on the case by Vince McMahon to uh, mentor me. We're going to talk all about that and about the good times and bad times we've had. Great guest, great conversation with Sean Waltman. But first... Let's talk about what to do when you got uh, thinning hair. Uh, how can you help it? How can you how can you stop it? How can you flush it out? How can you get your hair back to the thickness you had? How about Purador? That's what you do about it, right? Thinning hair actually starts young, a lot younger than you think as well. starts mostly during your 20s and 30s. It's hereditary, but there's a lot of other factors that contribute to your thinning hair. Stress, that's one. Diet is another. Uh, all those hair products you use, the gel, the mousse. Does anyone use mousse anymore? <laughs> but now you got Pura Dior. Pura Dior fights thinning hair naturally without all the crazy chemicals that the other podcasts use. You know what I'm talking about. Pura Dior gets to the root of the problem with their shampoos, which fortify and energize hair from root to tip, reducing hair loss due to breakage. An eight-week clinical study showed that nine out of every ten users noticed measurably improved volume to their hair. That's what you want. You just want that thickness to come back in. Plus, you can check out the 13,000. That's right. 13,000 Pura Dior reviews online. Read all those great reviews and then order it for yourself at 2minuteclub.com slash Jericho. That's the number two, like two minutes to midnight. 2minuteclub.com slash Jericho. And when you do that, you're going to get $20 off plus free delivery of your first order of Pura Dior. That's all you got to remember. 2minuteclub.com slash Jericho. That's the number 2minuteclub.com slash Jericho. You'll get $20 off and free shipping. Okay, members already received 33% off the retail price, but now for a limited time, you'll get an extra 20 bucks off when you order at 2minuteclub.com slash Jericho. Check out Pura Dior. Your thinning hair is going to run screaming. No, it's Pura Dior. It's Pura Dior. It's going to stop is from thinning that's right you want your hair to get thick you want your hair to get luxurious you want your hair to look like you did when you were in high school in your early 20s the ladies are going to love your hair go check out some pure or two minute club.com slash jericho go do it now and hey, Talk is Jericho fans, I know you love to be the first to know what's up with this podcast, who the guests are going to be on any given show, and i got so many great ones coming up, You're gonna, it's going to blow your mind. 2017 is going to be the best year yet for Talk is Jericho, I'm just letting you in on that. So if you want to know who the guests are going to be, and when and where the next Talk is Jericho live podcast is going to take place, got lots of those uh, cooking as well, Podcast One has created a new automated email system to make sure you never miss a single episode or the details about every episode. All you got to do is go to podcastone.com 
slash Jericho to sign up and then we'll take care of letting you know exactly when a new show is out and what it's all about. So sign up now at podcast1.com slash Jericho. That's podcast1.com slash Jericho and get all the info about upcoming Talk is Jericho extravaganzas. Talk is Jericho. All right, so we're here in uh, Philadelphia, the new hometown of Sean Waltman, X-Pac, six, right? Yeah, hey, I've been waiting to do this like pretty much since you started it. Really? So, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. great. I've been, I, I was pretty pretty stoked when you... Oh, it's funny because we, we ran into each other uh, in Wales at a Comic-Con and I hadn't seen you for a while and that's when we started talking about it and you said you live in Philly. So I had you, on, I have a little list where every town I have some names as Philadelphia, Sean. I was like, oh, perfect. Oh, yeah. So it worked out great, man. Yeah. You know, and it's good to have you here, especially, you know, we're here at Raw. You're coming by to visit and, and hang out. And sure. What do you notice, like, when you come th- these days to see the, see the show, see the guys? Do you know a lot of the people? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because a lot, you know, I, I've stayed pretty active, like, mm-hmm. on Independence. And, you know, I was in Mexico for a while. And uh, so a lot of the guys that are here now are guys that I knew, like, you know, after I left here and I did independence right right right. so but i mean it it, it, you see and i was thinking about this today because we were talking about mexico about how you live there and Mm -hmm. i also used to live there and we used to go to norman smiley's house he had an apartment and he had satellite tv so we would go watch this new show called raw and seeing you on there as like you know the, the hot young upstart that upset scott hall razor ramon you're like a pioneer for smaller guys and in a lot of ways, you were the first small guy to ever get a real push in the WWE. Kind, yeah, kind of. I mean, there was guys that were, you know, that I was taller than, but yeah. like stature-wise mm-hmm. and being, the, you know, being a skinny guy. <laughs> hey, you know, but that, the, that is what it is, you especially know. Especially in that day and age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not about, like, there was no sure. smaller guys whatsoever. Yeah, and and really, there was like you were, you were around, like there was, you know, Van Damme, Sabu, Jerry, Jerry mm-hmm. Lynn, mm-hmm. and you know Dean, who him and his father trained me. Right, Dean Malenko. Yeah, and, you know all, everyone, Eddie. Yeah, everybody. We man. All... And I was just really fortunate and to be at the right place at the right time. You know, and I'm and I'm really grateful I didn't drop the ball. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying because like you know nowadays in the WWE. I guess what's Zach? You're not a small guy. I'm not a small guy. Right. But in those days, we were small guys. We were now. The majority of the roster here is guys our size. I would say we were we'd be considered like if we were in Calgary, we'd be mid heavyweights. Yeah, that's right, that's yeah. right. But but now it's like you kind of opened the door. So and Sean and Brett as well. But but they were bigger muscle muscle sure, muscle yeah. guys. But for a guy like like you said, your stature, you've opened the door. So all of these guys now have jobs in a lot of ways here in the WWE. That's kind of I mean that's cool when I hear people say that. Mm-hmm. You know, it feels good to hear that. I'm just grateful that, you know, I've gotten to do all these things like that. I never, like, I just wanted to be in the business, Chris. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to be a part. Like, even if I was the guy in the first match and I never. But then, you know, once you get there, then you want, if, you know, <laughs> if right. you're, you get, if you have some drive and ambition, you want more, you know? Yeah. It's like. Yeah, once you get to that, right? I remember yeah. if I could just wrestle on TV. Yeah, yeah. And then the first time I wrestled in Calgary TV, yeah. it's like, now I want to wrestle TV next week. Right. And the next week, you know? Uh-huh, but yeah. you mentioned being at the right place at the right time for, for this thing that you did with, with Razor. Yeah. What what was the right place and time? Were you working jobs? Or well, what were you doing? no. I never, I see, I always thought that, well, first of all, 
I was a late bloomer, like, as far as, like, I never could, I couldn't grow a beard until I was, like, 25, <laughs> you know? And my body was, a like, you know, a kind of a kid's body, yeah. you know? One, two, three, kids. Sure, sure. Because you were a kid. And I wanted to be a man so bad, you wouldn't even <laughs> believe, you know? Because I was a father already. Really? Yeah, at, at 19. Yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah, my kids are 23 and 21, Chris. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, you were a young yeah, father yeah, yeah. getting in the business. And and in so many ways, I had, I had it together, and... Everything and was more mature than I am now, probably, man. <laughs> if I'm going to be honest about it. Yeah, right, right, right. So no, I, man. So um, no, go ahead. I'm no, sorry. No, I was just going to just continue the story of, of how you got that moment, that that chance with well, Razor. You know, I'm. I started in Florida. I'm, I'll try to make it because yeah, a lot yeah. of people, a lot of people know already my story. But I started in Florida with Malenko's, mm. and really, I started setting the ring up when I was ten with Gordon Nelson. You remember wow, Gordon? Absolutely. Yeah, he was called. He was Mister Wrestling and 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 uh, for Blanchard. No kidding. And, uh, was Gordon, a Gordon was a guy. Bad mother. I'd always heard that and never knew it at the time. Like at WCW, Gordon Nelson and Klondike Bill Klondike were Bill. the guys who set up the ring. Yep. And you would never know the history of both of them, but Gordon Nelson was a was a badass. Gordon shooter. Nelson could stand alone and oh, never yeah. would say anything about it. And you think back, it's like I hope I treated him with respect, which I think I always did, but I know a lot of guys probably didn't. Probably, Killing. yeah, probably not. And he, you know, probably till the day he died, he could probably handle, <laughs> yeah. you know, just about anybody. Yeah. And his son, Steve, not to get all off into the weeds mm-hmm. here, but his son, Steve, was a really good Sambo guy and did a little bit of he MMA, too. MMA, I think he ran yeah. some MMA shows down in mm-hmm. Austin where they're from or something like that. So, but, so you were set up the ring with Gordon? Yeah, and- yeah. So I always put my from myself in the right place, even from the time I was 10, because I knew the per- I knew somebody... Uh, that would bring me to the St. Pete Bayfront Center for all the shows. They, he, they worked, he worked mm-hmm. there. And uh, so my very first show was Dusty versus Flair. Wow. With the Midnight Rider as a special ref. <laughs> I never thought the Midnight Rider was Dusty, right? But Yeah, but the Midnight Rider was everybody that was on the undercard would come out and go back, and then another guy would come out. It was great, man. Sullivan and right. Ron Bass and Barry Wyndham, Mike Rotundo. Great crew. Oh my god! So that's yeah. like early '80s or something, sure. right? Yeah. Okay. So how did you how did you end up setting up the ring? Just hang around? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know they always need help with that mm-hmm. with the ring. Nobody's ever going to turn down. Hey, do you want help taking down the ring? Of course we do. Because <laughs> <laughs> at the end, you know, it was always just Gordon. Mm-hmm. But um, so yeah, I just went everywhere, and then I started going to all the you know every town that I could. I skipped school all the time and everything, you know. And, to go watch the matches or to actually go wrestle? No, to go watch okay. the matches at first. And then I was I was 15. I was uh, I just dropped out of school and I started going to Malenko's. Was Dean training or was Boris training? Mostly mostly his dad, Larry Boris Malenko. Hmm. And he was so incredible. It's so hard for me to, to express in words just what an incredible teacher he was. The way he articulated things and the way he showed you the technique and like he he actually taught a guy that was mentally handicapped. I mean, the guy couldn't, you know, obviously go out there and tear the house down, but the guy like, you know, he taught him technique. The guy felt, I mean, wow. It was incredible. He was just amazing. And you know, Terry Funk said he was the greatest center uh, promo guy he ever heard. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. He was Is, amazing. Isn't it interesting because Dean, not known for his promos, right? his dad known for being one of the greatest. That's interesting. Yes. Wow. Oh, yeah. So, um, 
Phyllis Lee, who like may she rest in peace. I she don't just know. Passed if away she recently, just yeah. did. Yes. Um, she really, she was like the first one to believe in me. So was she um, was she working in Florida? She was partners. with she helped she helped Malenko at the school gotcha. and running the shows and everything. Okay. And then I lived with Phyllis and I helped them promote the shows, and I you know all of that and and Larry you know. I would be with I would be with them every day, and I'd have breakfast with them, and you know I never paid a dime, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, to train, you never paid a dime. Never, you know. But I stayed in the ring all day. I never left the ring. I was the guy that got thrown around, so I my technique was really sharp because, you know, mm-hmm. I was in the ring ten times, maybe twenty times more than everybody else. Mm-hmm. I was the tackling dummy. That's how I paid my <laughs> right? paid my wrestling. But that's yeah. how you that's how you learned. Yeah. such a great bumper too. Oh. Over the years, sure, yeah, but um, then I moved to I moved to you know Minneapolis. That's where I hooked up with wrestling Jerry, Jerry Lynn, mm-hmm. and and you know we Cause Wade you Keller's were, there. So you guys were tearing it up too, though, way before. Like I would always hear about one two three kid and, and and Jerry Lynn. Right before this is way before ECW Jerry Lynn. I think before anything Jerry. Sure, Lynn sure. Done, you guys were kind of like the like the uh, dynamite tiger mask. You would hear about these of two the guys. Midwest. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, we worked each other. So I I can't even imagine how many times. You know, hundreds probably. Yeah. But and he was so. I, I don't know if you ever worked with him, but he was a few really, times in WCW, really, but never really, really got to have really a real good. great time with him. But great worker, obviously. Yeah. And we were killing each other back then too. Like I'm sure he did the same thing, right? Like mm-hmm. we just first of all, you know, I go to Minnesota, and that's known for being the land of the Giants, the Road Warriors, all these big guys, right? Yeah. And it was when I got there too. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mince words about it. Every most of the guys up there were the shits. <laughs> so you know we, we go out there and we're like we're going off on each other and we're doing shit they'd never seen before. Is this AWA? No, it's PWA. Okay, Pro, it's Eddie Sharkey's Pro Wrestling gotcha. America. Yeah, and because Vern's AWA was, uh, you know, it was so down. down yeah, we were outdrawing them. Okay. Yeah. So I was always around. So Wade Keller's up there, and he has, of course, the yeah. and torch. Yep. So he's he's telling everybody about you guys. Exactly. So another another example of being in the right place at the right time. And then Eddie would be the referee when the house shows would come to the Target Center in Minneapolis. So I'd go there, and you know, and then you know the global wrestling, the GWF stuff. Yeah, that I was got down that. In yes, Texas. Yes, and then I would go to the Plymouth Gym. The famous the gem, the Road Warriors owned, uh-huh. and uh, another you know putting yourself in the right place at the right time. You You're know, just always in their yeah, faces. man, yeah, yeah, almost to the point where they get sick of seeing <laughs> you, almost. Yeah, but that's but that's, <laughs> but that's kind of, and I'm, I'm not saying it's different now, but actually it is different now because yeah. now there's NXT. You know where your mission is to mm-hmm. go. Back in those early days, so we started about the same time, sure. Right? 1990, 91, 92. I started in '88. Okay. Well, when I started training, but okay, so I was like, '90. Yeah, but you were constantly. The same time. I remember my dad was always saying, "You got to sell yourself. Pick up the phone." Yeah. I was calling. I called Global Wrestling. I, I think I got a letter from Bill Eady saying, "Thank you for your tape, but we're not interested." Oh, right one now. of those letters. One of those things. But you had to do that. Mm-hmm. That's the only. There was no internet. There's no cell phones to text. You had to pick up the phone or get in their faces and just show sure. up. Sure. Yep. Know? And uh, that's that's how it all happened. Hmm. And 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 I was I became friends with Kurt Hennig before I ever came to work Another here. Minnesota guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and he like befriended me. Like he was that guy that you know 
always like grabbed a hold of the young guy and mm-hmm. like tried to try to help him. You know, yeah. he said that it was his dude. He was taught like by guys like Piper and and that that it was his duty to pass on the knowledge. So that's my. You know, I always got that vibe from him as well. Yeah. In WCW, especially when a lot of guys weren't really going out of their way to help. It's pretty stingy was, guys, you know, with the yes. knowledge down there, because a lot of those right. guys were the were the old, more right. older school way of thinking. Arn, Scott's like that too. Scott Hall still. To not tell you anything. Well, he would, like I'd be like trying to smarten somebody up, and he go, "Hey," shh. and I'm like, my my opinion on it is like, look, if they're worth telling, then they'll get it. If they're not, they won't get it anyways. Mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. You're That's right. just, I mean, just my way. And, you know, because Scott was around Murdoch, and Murdoch was real stingy with the knowledge. Yeah. But like you said, how how would you ever learn? Because Henning, Arn, and Jimmy Hart were the three guys that I can remember telling, trying to help. Or, or if I asked them a question, they would give me a real answer. Not like, hey, did you watch my match? Oh, yeah. What'd you think? Oh, it was all great. Right. Okay, obviously, you didn't watch my match. You right. Know what I mean, right? Arn, Arn would, <laughs> yeah, okay. Arn would do that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> good finish. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, the finish that thing went pretty good over there. <laughs> so let's talk about how you finally um, got into the WWE, Sean. You said you'd been hanging around and were friends with Kurt Henning. Is that how you got in? Was he was he your uh, was he your door to get in there, or did you send Vince uh, a gift? Did you send Vince an Omaha Steaks family gift pack, perchance? Not a bad idea, though, if you're a young guy trying to get booked because Vince loves his steak, and that's how badass Omaha Steaks are. Seriously, check this out. The Omaha Steaks Family Gift Pack for $49.99. You get an amazing package of high-quality meats and ingredients. I got one sent to me. I'm still eating uh, the stuff that came in that box. I've since ordered two more at omahasteaks.com as well. I use my own promo code as well, Jericho, in the search bar. It's like voting for yourself. You can do that. Check out what you get for $49.99, okay? Two filet mignons, two top sirloins, two bone pork chops, four boneless chicken breasts, four kibasa sausages, four urgers, a 12-ounce package of all-beef meatballs, four potatoes au gratin, four caramel apple tartlets, man, one Omaha steak seasoning packet and a partridge in a pear tree, plus thanks to this special deal, only for you Sexy Beast Talkers, Jericho listeners, you're also going to get four additional kibasa sausages for free. I keep thinking about Tenacious D. Got a myself kibasa, kibasa sausage, and the best of all, you can order it online at omahasteaks.com and have it delivered right to your front door so no dealing with the malls and the holiday crowds 49.99 gets you that whole box full of amazing high quality cuts and ingredients that's 77 off wow everything comes hand trimmed vacuum sealed always fresh always delicious so my family loved just about everything in that family gift pack we cooked it all up over thanksgiving still eating the uh, the last few remnants now and i'm thinking about doing the same thing for christmas because everyone's still talking about how good the food was how good those steaks were i want you to check it out for yourself Go to omahasteaks.com, enter my promo code Jericho in the search bar, order your family gift pack for $49.99. What a great thing to buy for dad or Uncle Charlie for for Christmas or New Year's, a New Year's party. omahasteaks.com, enter my promo code Jericho in the search bar and eat like a king. What do you believe? Would you have had the courage of Muhammad Ali to take on the government based on principle? Or could you find the resolve of Tommy Smith and John Carlos and raise your fist in defiance? Would you have been tough enough to hold your sisters down like Billie Jean King? I'm Chris Webber. Join me every Tuesday on my podcast, Fearless or Insane. We'll discuss sport, athletes, and their impact on society, politics, and culture. Download on Podcast One, PodcastOne.com, and iTunes. Talk is talk is talk is Jericho. How did you finally crack into the WWE? You said you're hanging around, you're friends with Henning. Did they get you a tryout? Or I just 
I was promote. I got I got hired by New Japan. I I worked another like okay. Hawk quit, left WWF right, mm-hmm. so he's going to work for New Japan and he's forming Hellraisers with Kensuke mm-hmm. Sasaki, and so that bar that we wrestled in, Jerry and I all the time. He they were debuting their mat. I don't know why they picked this little bar, but the atmosphere was good. Right. Um. So they were debuting. Uh, that tag team the Hellraiser there, yes. in a bar in Minneapolis and Ropers in Fridley Minnesota yeah no kidding yeah and I at the time I was like kind of Eddie's like you know Sharky's the guy that made the matches mm-hmm. and booked the show like mm-hmm. what and the angles and all that yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. cool yeah and so I put Jerry Jerry and I were a team and so I put us against Saito and Brad Rangans and then like Brad, Saito liked me a lot and booked me for the Super Juniors and they were gonna ask me to go to the dojo and all that, then I get a call from from here, from Sergeant Slaughter, and I didn't even realize what he was calling me for, and I put him on hold for like five minutes, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm thinking, who's running TV the day after WrestleMania? And I went, oh shit, oh yeah, because I'd already had a WCW tryout, right? Kip Fry really liked me, mm-hmm. and uh, I go and have this tryout with Bob Cook. And Bob Cook was great. I don't know if you ever seen know, much yeah. of Bob Cook, but like he was the the guy, the job guy, but like just fantastic. Big Terry Monk was his idol. A lot of guys were, yeah, of course, yeah. But um, always known for like one of the best punches in the business. <laughs> but um, and you were wrestling as Lightning Kid, yeah, at the Lightning time. Kid, and the, everybody in center stage knew who I was because of Global and and that. But they told me, go out there and do all your stuff, Dusty and Magnum, you know? They told me that, or one of them did. Mm-hmm. And so I did what they told me and went out there and did all my stuff, <laughs> all of it. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously the match, it got a reaction, but it made no sense whatsoever, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, as far as like showing that I had any kind of grasp of psychology. And honestly, looking back, I kind of didn't. Or else I wouldn't have done the match like that in the mm-hmm. first place. But the thing is, you're a young kid just getting your first chance in the in the major leagues. They would probably have to see that and go, listen, okay, there's no psychology here, but the athleticism and the and the fire is there. Okay, right, but here's the problem. The next day, Kip Fry was gone and Bill Watts was brought in. Bye-bye. Bingo, yeah. Big. But he did give me a call, though. Mm-hmm. To tell you. Yeah, yeah. He did give me a call because he knew I'd train with, like, you know, with... Not so much Carl Gotch, but his son, Masam, son-in-law, Masami Soranaka. Like Carl would come sometimes, but mm. you know, then Malink. So he so was he respected my yeah. training, yeah. anyways. Your shoot credibility, right? Whatever. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so that was cool that they even that they called me. But I knew as soon I I knew as soon as he looked at that tape, uh uh-uh. uh, mm-hmm. I know, yeah. yeah. And I I wouldn't blame him, right. So, but but when Sarge called you, what did he want you to do? Come in for a tryout. Okay. Yeah, and then when I when I came in, Tony Garia come up to me and he asked me, "Do you see anybody here that you think you have a good match with?" And immediately I saw Louis Piccoli and I went, "Louis Piccoli." Oh, that's cool. Because you know, if I would have had like Virgil or mm-hmm. somebody like that, or somebody that works here full time, they're definitely it's, and I wouldn't blame them. They're not gonna want to go out there and have this match catching me on, fly, you know, flying outside. The, yeah. the stuff I did in my tryout match, Chris, was insane. Well, once again, this is 1993 or yes. so, where 
I remember Hayabusa just passed away. He yeah. did Moonsault in 92, and I'd never seen one before. Except for maybe, yeah, maybe seen like Mood or something, but to see one live, guys were not doing that sort of stuff. So right. you, once again, you're a pioneer flying out to the out to the floor and all that sort of stuff and all the crazy stuff you mentioned doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Louie just gave me an amazing match. Because Louie wasn't working there full time? No. Okay, gotcha. No, but he was coming in, but he was coming in and doing... and doing jobs mm-hmm. just coming in. and i was that guy uh for two reasons obviously like i was saying before i looked so young it was like you know maybe if they put me under a hood i but i still i would i didn't fit the type right mm-hmm. they went to job but, but louis they brought brought in for that but you get typecast is that they look start looking at you in a certain way that's true you know and i told louis i said you got to go away if you got to get away from here as far as coming in and doing TVs, man, I know it seems like the you know right thing to do, but back then it wasn't the right thing to do mm-hmm. if you wanted to. Yeah, if you wanted to, get you a establish shot. yourself and like you did, like I yeah. did. Very, it's very rare to come in as as a job guy and and get a push. Right. It happens, like the right. Hardys. It happened with the Hardys, but sure, very rare. So the smart thing to do is not show up. For they had, but the Hardys had been away for a while. And brought back, mm, gotcha. so it wasn't they, that they were just one day they were jobbers, the next guy they were getting, next right. day they were getting They're pushed. Because yeah. they were they were because they were like they weren't really trained mm-hmm. originally. Yeah, and then themselves. they went to and Dory Bunk Jr. Then they and, yeah. and, and now I mean they went so, through the WWE camp yeah, yeah, that Dory yeah. put on, but before that they just trained themselves yeah. in their backyard. Yeah, yeah, right. So, so when they brought you to TV uh, and you, you get this tryout, did you get hired that day or? No, <laughs> that's funny because at the t- at the time I was promoting the show with Dennis Carluzzo, uh, and I worked with Sabu, um, Terry Funk worked with Hawk, Brad Rangins worked with Taz, Big show. Jerry Lynn worked with Candido, hmm. Nails and Charlie Norris worked with Masa Saido and somebody I forget. I can't remember, but um, yeah. So, like, I was doing all that, that stuff, and uh, I thought he was calling me for that. Like, mm-hmm. ask, like, honestly, I thought he. So but, you, but, you, but you went there with Louis and had a had a great match. It sounds like. Yeah. Right. So, oh, totally. So, how long was it before they called you to come have a job? Oh, that's right. Sorry, yeah. man. That's you right. gotta forgive me. I go off. That's okay. Yeah, I sometimes you're you gonna have to pull I me back. I've known you for 25 years. And, uh, it's okay. And, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you can look at. You can see it in my eyes. Good. Yeah. I'm like, help me out here. Drifting off in space. Where are we going? Come on back, Sean. Here we are. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was like, like I said, I was doing. I was helping promote that show. With you Dennis. had your and then went and went back to work. When, but yeah, it was. No, I didn't hear anything, you know. It was probably only a month, but it seemed like forever longer. Uh, and boom, I got the call from Vince just out of the blue. Vince called you? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. After the, uh, he ran the whole idea by me. Yeah, and then he goes, uh, is, that, is that sound good to you? And I'm like, because <laughs> I couldn't even really have a conversation with Vince at that point, Chris, to be honest with you. I was very intimidated. Absolutely. Yes. 
Especially <laughs> when he's calling you on the phone. Yeah. I remember I remember when he called me on the phone to bring me in here. I was mortified. Like I would say something and it would be like when you say something stupid to a hot chick. <laughs> yeah. Why did I say no. that? Stupid, stupid, stupid. <laughs> but that's what it's like. Yes. You know? So the whole idea that he ran past you, yeah. just give me the brief the brief He told me I would come in and he even said who the guys were that were gonna squash me. Curtis Hughes, Doink, and then razor and then boom you're gonna get the victory like out of the blue and uh bam and then you know i was just like holy shit that is that's like the greatest way i've ever heard of being like in that's 10 times better than getting vignettes Mm -hmm. and coming in and getting squash matches and Mm -hmm. trying to get over that way Wow, and 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 just you know, because we always laugh, and you know, WWE is a big man territory. It always has. Yeah. Been. But for Vince to see that once again before the junior heavyweights, these smaller guys, sure. quote unquote, were, were were prevalent in America. Yeah. That shows a lot of of uh, vision on his part to yeah. know that I can do something with this. It was cool. Scott says he knew six months ahead of time, mm. like, and that he thinks Vince was going to hire me before my tryout, even for mm. this. Like, had me in mind before that. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not, but um, I just know that like I was standing outside the door after my tryout. Right, it was the second because it was only supposed to be one night. They brought me back a second night, and Louie and I had another one. Just killed it, yeah, Yeah. even more. Um, And uh, I'm standing outside Vince's door, right, the whole time. I mean, as soon as I got dressed, I was standing there waiting just to get in eye contact something and Kurt comes up and goes you want a job and I'm like yeah and he walks in and he walks back and he goes okay He was probably bullshitting me. Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, Dennis the Menace. Yeah, yeah. That was Chief J. Strongbow's nickname for Kurt Henning. Because he always looked like he was yeah. up, up to uh, something. Dennis, what's with the ha-ha? He would always say. Because <laughs> Chief J. had a nickname for everybody, I was right? the trailer. What, what were some, you were the trailer? Yes. Shawn Michaels was... T- I was trailer because I was always the last one. I was like the caboose. <laughs> Shawn Michaels was what? Uh, teaspoon. Scott was my... I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Small body, something maybe. Yeah. Um, Scott was what? Machismo. Mm-hmm. Kev was Big D. I don't know. There was he had nicknames for it. Uh, Pat Patterson's Wimpy. Uh, Howard Finkel's Prophet. Uh, depending on what mood Vince is in, it was either Emperor or I, or I can't remember. Oh, shoot. Anyways, but you know. Yeah, yeah. He had something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, like, Raven wanted he wanted to know what his nickname was, right? And he kept coming up to Chief and going, what about this? What about that? It's like, <laughs> you don't give yourself your own yeah. nickname. <laughs> Trying to give him something. So he never got a nickname. Yeah, that thing, right? <laughs> no nickname is your yeah. nickname. <laughs> so when you first came in, like, was Scott, because uh, Scott Hall's the guy yeah. that pulled the upset on, was he, was he into it? Was he cool with it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except for I was all gung-ho, right? I came in, and I'm already at Manhattan Center, like, five hours early. <laughs> And uh, I remember vividly because I'm sitting there and there's nobody in the building and the Four Non Blondes is playing on on the monitor that What's Going On song, yeah. which will always be in my mind. I'll always remember it from that very day, right? Yeah. But uh, um, those guys, I don't realize that they're coming coast to coast. Right. Yeah. And I'm thinking we're going to have this match, right? <laughs> and... It's, Scott looks over at Pat and goes, what do you want me to do? And he goes, 
uh, just beat the shit off and then and then have him move and do something. Just pick one thing. Mm-hmm. And they were it was like and then he goes, what, what one thing? What do you want to hit? And I went moonsault. And Chris, I am known for moonsaults, and that's so funny to me because I've like the worst moonsault in the business, <laughs> and it just came out of my I just blurted out of my mouth. I hate it. I had this like fear of going straight back. Yeah. So it was always kind of off to the right. side, kind of Bam Bam Bigelowish. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So um, yeah, I I just that. It just ended up working. <laughs> was it wasn't it a standing moonsault though? Wasn't he standing? I got climbed. Yeah, he was standing. Yeah, like an, yeah. like a like a top yeah, of yeah. acai moonsault. Exactly. Almost. And I, and it's funny that I remember that because once again at Norman Smiley's apartment, I saw that yeah. you know ninety four or so, and go, go holy shit. Yeah, like, he won, <laughs> and that's when I remember thinking to myself, I could go there. Yeah, of course. Because before that, you never knew for sure. Right. It wasn't like it is now. It was all about six foot five and six foot eight and, and squash matches. Squash matches. And, and I was like, you know, I don't yeah. know if I'll ever go there. And then I saw you, and I was like, I can do it. Yeah, he did it, and, and that shows that that I can go totally, there. Totally, yeah. You know, because we had, I think we had met, we had met at that point. Smoky Mountain, Smoky Mountain, yeah. and Japan too. War WR. That was after I already worked for Vince. Okay, so Smoky remember Mountain. I had that, I had the yes. concu- post concussion syndrome. Yes, and you guys, you and like Meng and yeah, and we're like like wait, trying to keep me awake. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it's funny that you remember that. Since oh, totally. You had the concussion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it's amazing what you go through when you're in the ring. And I know you're a big wrestling fan, Sean. And I I want to hear some of your favorite performers are and were and if you got a couple of favorite matches that you were in or that you saw but before we continue to talk wrestling let me just say thanks to one of the longtime sponsors of talk is jerick who knows a lot about wrestling and he's uh, helped save a lot of careers including mine i'm talking about my boy diamond dallas page and his tremendous ddpy program okay you guys know what it's done for so many guys jake the snake scott hall mick foley gold dust i can't stress enough that it can do the same thing for you and now that's the perfect time to get on the ddpy program because dallas Dallas is offering you a tremendous deal if you buy a max pack or a combo pack and get a second one for 50% off. That's right, 50% off when you go to ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. Now, Dallas loves Christmas. He just had a tremendous Christmas party. Uh, my friend Rich Ward sent me a great picture, and you should have seen uh, Dallas's Christmas suit. It was ridiculous. Talking about an ugly Christmas sweater, he had an ugly Christmas suit on. Dallas takes everything to the extreme, and that's why he's offering this extreme deal right now. Uh, he loves Santa. He loves the decorations. He loves giving, and that's why when you now buy the ddpy dvds you're also going to get three free months of the ddp yoga now app that's right and with this app you can do ddpy anytime anywhere any place right from your phone or tablet and the app not only lets you do all the workouts right from your phone it's also got a bunch of other cool features to keep you on that path to healthy living and ddp yoga now app subscribers won't ever get bored doing the same workouts over and over again because ddp's added completely new 2.0 workouts and weekly live workouts from the ddp yoga performance center and like I said, Dallas's Christmas spirit is off the charts, and that's why he's offering you this incredible deal on DDPY. Buy a max pack or a combo pack and get a second for 50% off. That's crazy. Half price. Just go to ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. That's all you got to do to take advantage of this great deal. ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. Change your life today. Get in the best physical and mental shape of your life. And just remember, Dallas loves Christmas, so Merry Christmas, bro. Merry Christmas. All right, Sean, let me ask you something. Thing. How did you get the name One Two Three Kid? Oh, <laughs> and you know, a cup like there's like probably four people or five people that tell me, oh yeah, that was I, that was my idea. You know, yeah, I came up with it. You know, I've heard Pat say it. I've heard different people say it. Yeah, and 
um, you know, it was just the one, two, three chant started going, and that's what they went with because there was no name for me. Like the the copy, they would uh, try to copyright something that wouldn't go through, go through. You oh, know, really? Trademark? Yeah. Or whatever. Because they and didn't want you. To, they didn't want you to have lightning. Of kit. course not. Yeah. It's yours. <laughs> Can't get that. <laughs> But uh, uh, I'm in Japan doing the Super June because they let me go fulfill my obligation, right? That's why I had the match. I beat him, and then he challenges me. Because originally, when Vince ran the story by me, it was like it wouldn't have been that long before we had the rematch. But I said I have to go. You do were going the, to Japan. Yeah. Wow. Okay. You know, and Vince is awesome about that. Yeah. You know, he's because an old he, school promoter. Exactly because he won't want you to do your deal for him. That's right. right. Yeah. And. Um, and so while I was there, somebody was reading a gong or weekly pro or one of those magazines and went, Oh, you one, two, three kid. And I'm like, bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> I'm like anything but that. Like people would ask me like, what, Hey, what's so what's your wrestling name? And I wouldn't want to tell them Chris. <laughs> Seriously, like now it's fine. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah. But the time, I can see that though. Yeah, but it's a little cheesy. Oh, I'm the totally. one, two, three kid. You're like, yeah, and what? the blue, like bubble gum, yeah. singlet and tights. Like it was so exactly the opposite of the image I wanted to portray. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wanted to be the badass, right? But they wanted you to be a kid. <laughs> they wanted me to be what I was. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> Not what I wanted to be. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, then that you probably had a, a pretty good. Uh, a good friendship with Scott. Yeah. Because that, you know, he made Yes. You. Yeah. And then so finally I come, when I come back six weeks later, we have the match. And uh, I go, like I'm supposed to dive, do the flip, you know, Tupacon Hero or whatever the hell you want to call it, off the top to the, him mm-hmm. on the floor. He, he pulls the pads back and he's going to give me the razor's edge on the concrete. I backdrop him and I climb to the top. But he's like, oh, kid just got back from Japan. He's probably, you know, already up there you know rushing you know not taking his time selling but i'm taking my time selling and all of a sudden i gotta hurry up and i climb and i go to jump and i slip off and i just white i just eat shit right on the concrete in my head right head first oh wow if you go back you can see it yeah and um and so it's live and i'm supposed to get the money and right that's supposed to be it i hit him with the flip he, I wipe him out, grab the money, and haul ass and get in the car and take he put off. Up money for ten thousand dollars, okay. and there was really ten G's in there. <laughs> and um, and Arnie told me there was three three grand missing when I give it back to him. <laughs> Arnie Skull and yeah, <laughs> but um, but so when when I when I wiped out, Scott looked over at Vince, and uh, to, like, what do I do? And Vince went like this. He looked down. Yep. Like, you're on your own. <laughs> and you got about a minute before we're going off the air. Wow. And he threw me back in the ring. And he was just going to, like, try to, like, he didn't want to beat me because he knew I, that I'd have been, my push, everything would have been done from yep. there. I was so, at that moment, it was so, like, like I could have been so effed. You were completely at his mercy. And Scott, Scott yeah, well, decided to pin you. you you're that and just like every all this is on the line, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, sure. And Earl was even just saying, just beat him. And he's like, and just out of nowhere, I went, moonsault. Just that damn moonsault. And he went, same thing. And I went, uh-huh. And boom, and I moved. And we did the exact, and my, the, it was the best moonsault I've ever done <laughs> in my life. 
and I hit it, and Scott was going to take the pin. He was just going to have me beat him. And Earl's like, one, two, he's like, kick. So Scott kicks, and they both go, get the money. And I'm just, I'm so out of it. Like, I was so concussed, it wasn't even funny, right? And, like, I stagger, and I'm grabbing the money, and I'm just staggering down the aisle, and here comes Scott behind me. And I don't know if I felt his wind or whatever, but all of a sudden I just kicked it into overdrive, and boom, and he just missed me, right? (laughs) Like, he was about to take my head off, and he would have. Like, if you've ever worked with him, you know what I'm talking about. Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Scott, once again, is a deceptively big guy. Yeah. You don't realize that he's a big, big dude, especially back in those days when he was all jacked up as well. Because he would walk around, like, kind of, like, you know, kind (laughs) of a little bit hunched over sometimes, and you wouldn't, like, and then as soon as he walked through the curtain, boom yeah you know He's big yeah yeah he would he would He'd straighten up, up. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right but yeah no man and i could have been screwed and just it was man like that i was so that that was a i'm really grateful man that mm-hmm. thing that thing came like off said, that could have been the end of it right? yeah <laughs> yeah yeah let's, let's talk about the WWE at that point yeah. in time in 95 or so um still in the cartoon era, in a mm, lot of ways, yeah, totally. Like cartoon care, even one, two, three, kid is I, you know that's a cartoon sure. name. Yeah, I think it even got worse after you know as I as I was was there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Duke the dumpster drove. Yeah, of course. They went through the phase of the TL Hopper. And yep, everybody had an occupation. Uh, yeah, occupation. Yeah, Spark Plug Holly. Yeah. Right, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Was it uh, th- was it Thurman? Thurman? Thurman Sparky Plug. Yeah. Thurman Sparky Plug. When did you start seeing a shift into more of um, the Attitude Era? It didn't happen until we left and came to you up to you down to oh. you guys. And once we started killing them in the ratings, then they finally then Vincent but started after he st- no we it was NWO and all that crazy stuff. Um, we wanted DX? to do that together uh-huh. here. They started doing DX right cause after became- yeah after we after the NWO thing. Really? Yeah, yeah, totally. Oh wow! Yeah. I didn't realize yeah. that. Okay, so I oh, so I mean, we all wanted to do it together, like the click thing, uh, you know. I get it. That's, you're but right. Vince hated groups. Vince didn't want to do groups at all. Huh? Because you you were a part of the click. That's right. what I'm thinking of, right? Yeah. And that was kind of the unofficial gang yeah, yeah. of you guys. Sure, but that was all backstage. Right, backstage stuff. Yeah. So the click was you, Sean, Razor, yeah. Diesel, and Hunter. Yeah. And how did that come about? A lot, like we well, we loved obviously we loved the bits. All we did was talk about wrestling, mm-hmm. and we all like we all got we all got messed up. I mean, there was a lot, of, and we just we really really liked each other a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, you know, the messed up getting messed up part because Hunter didn't get messed up at all. He was you know, the yeah, when he came, yeah, he's a driver. Yeah, me. but like I mean, we knew when we saw him, like in WCW, like that he. Like this, this guy's gonna be really good. Mm-hmm. You know, he's gonna be great. Mm-hmm. So as soon as we saw him, that he, as soon as we saw him at TV, we're like, <laughs> "Come over here." With Sorry, us. we know you're. <laughs> it's cool that you want to be nice to Walter Kowalski. Yeah, but now you're driving with us. <laughs> <laughs> So did you guys have a, a, a pretty uh, a, a pretty big backstage influence? Yeah, in some ways it was it was like what people say, but like there were certain things that people just thought we had a whole lot more influence than we really did. Mm-hmm. But 
I don't know. I mean, each of us probably have our own perspective on it because, I mean, even though we're all a group, like, we're still each separate people, mm-hmm. right? Like, I mean, I looked at things a little different probably than, than well, I know I did, than, mm-hmm. you know, we had differences of opinion, you know, all of us did, but not not over anything important, really. But Was there ever times when you would, uh, like, kind of go to a, a, a battle of wills with Vince? Like mentally, like you know, we want yeah. to do this. He wants to do yeah, this. Yeah, when we called him one time when they wanted to just like do a phantom title change with Sid and Scott, mm-hmm. where um, where Sid won the belt, like and Scott, and like I, it, that was just part of it. Everything was like you know, we we weren't happy with everything, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, I can totally get why, you know, people hated us. Don't get me wrong at all. <laughs> you know, looking back from other, like, cause I try to look at things from other people's point of view other than my own. And I'd be like, yeah, I hate them too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but wrestling, but is, wrestling is a political business though. Yeah. And other, if other people like had the chance to do it, they would have done it too. I think mm-hmm. maybe not everybody, but mm-hmm. you know, so guys you mentioned and, they wanted to do a phantom change. And Vince- yeah. And that was just, I think what instigated us getting on the phone and calling them up and bitching bitching to them about it and because and it wasn't i think scott was hot because he he didn't want anybody to think like i think part of it was like what so people are going to think i didn't want to do a job on tv like hmm. you know if the phantom t- just let me just drop to him if that's what you want to do mm-hmm. you know that I, i'm pretty sure that was like the the catalyst to the whole vince and jerry briscoe flying and meeting us in indianapolis is that what and happened? then showing up to the house show with us afterwards and just piling more heat on us. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the locker room just saying, oh, shit. So Vince and Jerry flew out to meet with yeah, you guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, and we're, like, talking about, hey, come on. Like, you're not using – and, like, people think we're always burying guys, Chris. I swear, man, at this point in my life, like, I have no reason to yeah, bullshit you. Yeah, you're an honest you. guy, yeah. You know, uh there were certain guys like that weren't pulling their weight like probably that got buried mm-hmm. i'm not gonna lie but like like guys like bob holly weren't being used right and you know just guys like that and we're like and bam bam and like and we're like you know it doesn't matter if they don't like us and we don't like them those guys can play on our team you know what i mean mm-hmm. i mean you know not trying to paint ourselves as angels by any means but i'm just trying to like give a a, a more real picture of right of how it was right, you know right, right sure i mean we really did care about the overall product like it was it was paramount mm-hmm. we just thought that we knew better than everybody else how to fix yeah, it yeah yeah but once again you've got you know uh, this group of guys including Shawn michaels at the time who was probably the best performer yeah the world, honestly yeah and knowing sean at the time as well probably knew it and probably sure yeah it. yeah but yeah. has that power because he's too damn good. Yes, exactly. He was the only guy that could get away. And, and people probably heard this before. Mm-hmm. The only guy that could ever get away. Like I've ever heard of got away with talking to Vince like the way I, he has. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. right. <laughs> he was really, you know, he'd be the first to tell you, man, he was really difficult to be around sometimes even as a friend. Right, really, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. man. You guys spent all that time. Oh together. yeah, man. We spent like we'd be all all in one room sometimes. Hmm. They pull the drawer out for me. 
That was old Kurt Henning joke. He'd always say that. Or if I was real pale, he'd say, oh, the middle, the middle ball burnt out in the tannin booth. <laughs> but the thing is, too, like I can see how you would fit in with the click because you're a very smart guy when it comes to the business. More so than people, real, I yes. think, realize. Because I, maybe I don't, I didn't back then articulate myself. Well, and you also, you know, you're, you're, you're like, like, hey, you know. dude, what's up? You're laid right. back. You know what I mean? And I was up all the time yeah high whatever yeah. it may be but you are a very very smart guy when it comes to the business thank you and I, I've, I've noticed that years and years and years ago it was all i, I think intelligent i think that there's a common theme and in uh successful people in, mm-hmm. in pro wrestling and i think that's intelligence but it, like it takes more than that right like mm-hmm. it was just the incredible mentors i had like kurt hennig even like Roddy Piper and, and you know, from Malenko, starting with Malenko and mm-hmm. just everybody. Even Eddie Sharkey taught me tons of stuff, you know. Uh, just everybody. Mm-hmm. Just Yeah, them. everybody, man. Even if they weren't trying to teach me, they taught me. You know, and, and we've talked about this, but, but but when I first came into WWE, once again, you're talking like when you first came into WWE, yeah. you don't really know what you're doing. And I even worked in WCW, but it wasn't the same. Like, I didn't even know what bumping and feeding was when I came right. to WWE. As crazy as that sounds, we never they had, never did it there. Never did it. We never had it. So when I, when I came up here and I worked a few months, I worked a match with China where the night after the pay-per-view, I got destroyed by Vince. Vince and yeah, Blackjack. I remember. Remember? Because uh, I read about it in your book, which, yeah. which was a fantastic book, like not trying to blow oh, thanks, smoke. Man. But like, like I said, I look at things from other people's perspective, mm-hmm. and I want to know honestly what other people's perspective, like, thought about about me just like brett's book right, right, right you know and i knew you and we we were we were friends but i didn't really we weren't really friends right you know? and one of the things vince said because he buried me huge you know you're green as grass and you're the shits and he said if you don't have a good match tonight I'm putting you with x-pac if you don't have a good match tonight it's over and i was like oh like what a i remember you came up to me yeah. after i'll tell you the story tell me the story from your perspective That's yeah well i'll tell you how that i tell you how that ended up happening. Mm-hmm. It was because you said you had had, you had mentioned you'd had the match with China. Mm-hmm. And like I said, at this point in my life, I just told like it is, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, She complained that you were like hurting her. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I bet you she didn't complain to you at all, did she? Nothing. Right. But yeah. she made it. See, yeah. And like, um, she was, I don't want to go off on yeah, yeah, about yeah. her, right. but I said something to Shane about it. Like, hey, man, like, you know, somebody say something to Jericho. Because I'm the new guy coming in. Right. And also I came in with a push and a, yeah, and a contract. Yeah. I'm sure I had more heat than I ever could have imagined. You not I mean? like heat, like you're a dick heat. But just here's this new guy coming in with, yeah. Not, not even that, I don't think. It was, okay. I don't, I, from my point, from my perspective, I don't uh, think okay. anybody really thought of you like that. But but there's, now there's heat. <sighs> yeah. Well, yeah, so um, I'm bitching about you to Shane. And Shane obviously went to Vince, mm-hmm. and I wasn't surprised that Vince talked to you. But when you came and you told me like how like how he talked to you, I would like, dude, I felt like I felt like shit, oh. man. <laughs> you know, because I mean that was because of me. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the reasons why I was so happy. Like, finally get to do this 
yeah. show with you. Yeah, man. <laughs> but see, but once again, that, but the, we had a hell of a match, right? We did. Yeah. And dude, every, every match and, we had was a hell of a match. We always, yeah, we had great chemistry always. But and one, that's another thing though, is that that's just it's, it's, when you hear this, it's not even something. Are you mother? It, that's how it was then. Right. The business has changed so much over the last five, ten years. There still was. I say this all the time on the show. But the Monday Night Wars was real. Yeah, so when sorry. I come over from WCW, automatically by myself with no friends, I can understand why there's. I'm under the microscope. Yeah, and then China. Everybody was man when they, when they had when they bought WCW. Yeah. Oh, if somebody what didn't shake somebody's hand, they were everything. Oh, it was like come and on, give everybody a break. Before they bought it, I came right. in on my own. But first, and another thing is China had uh, a lot of political power because she was dating Hunter. Right. And if you look at those matches we had, I don't think China had two better matches than the two that we had. Probably they not. They were great matches. Yeah. But something was rubbing her the wrong way and I think it was the fact that people were cheering for me because they didn't want to see me working wow see I would I didn't know you know yeah but and she got a black eye but she was no I mean deal. she was fairly did you see what Tono did to her <laughs> oh I'm sure oh my god really the Yakuza kicked her head clean off her wow. shoulders in the Tokyo Dome and and that's the thing Vince said when he first put with her listen he goes I want you to 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 work with her like she's a guy yeah. I don't want you to, to it's not going to work and I wasn't stiffing her I, I might give her some stiff shots you ever feel her you, some. you ever feel that I just said that the <laughs> point being like you said this is not a thing about China but the right. point being yes she probably got stiffed as I did as you did as all of us did but I think because all of these things culminated at the same time there was a real big blow up on Vince's part and so when he said to me you better go out there and have a great match tonight. And we did. We had a great yeah. match. And as soon as we had that match, I, he was like, hey, pal, how you doing? Yeah. You know, Give me a call tomorrow and, and, and we'll have a chat. I called him. He never called me back. But when I got to TV, he said, from now on, before all your matches, I want you to go over them with, with, with X-Pac first. Yeah, I read that. And, and, and I remember you did telling me that, too, at the time. Did he ever tell you that? No. Okay, wow. No. So and what, I never said, and I was like, I was like, I promise you, I never was like, you should have him out talk to me about his match, yeah, you know? Yeah, well, Cause who wants to, I, I don't like, that's, I don't mind getting the right kind of heat mm -hmm. at all. I'll take that kind of heat all day long, uh, but not the asshole heat. Like, like but, but here's you the know, thing though, Sean, you're talking about. Here's the thing though, by having Vince tell me to do that and him not telling you, like I, I didn't know, I thought maybe it was a project. Your, Jericho's your, your responsibility. Cause he said the same thing when Goldberg came into me, Goldberg's your responsibility. Uh -huh. What? But, I did. A lot learn of a guys were my. That was kind of my job there, though. But I did learn a lot from you about the psychology of right? how you put together. A match. Yeah, and man, it, it was. It, it took you about all about two or three matches to do it. But, in somebody, too. <laughs> but somebody. It was just somebody in. having to tell you tell it to you the right way, right? You're right. I mean, it was somebody. If it wasn't me, it'd have been somebody else. But still, I mean, I remember thinking back. I was thinking back on it now. It's like it was actually another smart move by Vince, and it really helped. And I didn't know how long I was supposed to do it for. So I think I kept coming up to you probably for about the next three or four months. I remember you coming up to me with Boss Man one time. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. 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 It, I'll be honest with you, man. It was kind of uncomfortable feeling. Mm -hmm. It's a yeah. little weird. Sure yeah, because you're too. my peer, man. You're not like my somebody. You know, beneath me, you but, know? But, but for me, it was weird, too, but it's what the boss told me to do, and then I'm like, this guy actually knows a lot of stuff, and yeah, that's when and, I realized and, how smart you were in and, the and thank you, and and I was never one of those guys, you know, like, if there's, like, somebody with a certain gimmick and somebody comes in with a similar gimmick or a similar mm -hmm. style, like, to get all standoffish and, right. you know, the defensive and feel like, you know... Um, you know, like, like someone's threat. your spot or something. I was yeah. never that guy, man. Yeah. Like if you were better than me, man, like you're more than here. Mm -hmm. Like I'm, I got my spot. Like, and 
you'll get yours. Right. <laughs> you if know? you're good enough, you'll yeah, get it. Yeah, man. Yeah, exactly. And there's enough pie to go around. Right. Yeah. Totally, totally. And, and speaking of teaching the greener guys, Sean, let's talk about your transition to WCW after being at WWE and what that was really like. It was a huge, uh, huge switchback in those days. Uh, but before we talk about that, there's a really good reason why I'm home. I uh, love being home in Tampa. I'm excited to be home. And uh, a big reason besides my family is I get to sleep in my own bed and sleep on my Lisa mattress. I sleep like a baby at home thanks to Lisa. Hotel beds aren't always the best. Sleeping on planes uh, cramps you up pretty badly, as Sean can tell you. But I love coming home to my comfy Lisa mattress and sleeping through the night every night. I ordered my Lisa mattress online, and it showed up at my front door compressed into a box the size of a mini fridge. Not kidding. How the hell do they do that? I don't know, but Lisa's memory foam middle layer contours to fit your body within the perforated top layer keeps you cool all night long. All night long, which you'll understand and appreciate once you sleep on one. So do yourself a favor, man. Get the best sleep of your life. Get a Lisa mattress. Skip the high pressure mattress store experience and the stress of the one minute mattress audition. You know, you go to the store, you lay on a bunch of mattresses for like a minute at a time. And they have to decide which one you probably sleep best on for the next few years. Forget that. Throw that out the window because you can now order a Lisa mattress online and Lisa will give you a 100 night risk free trial. That's over three months of sleeping on the Lisa bed. If you don't like it, they will come pick it up for free. It's going to cost you nothing. Okay. And on top of that, if you order now, you'll save 75 bucks when you go to lisa.com slash Jericho. That's L-E-E-S-A.com slash Jericho. Lisa is the most ingenious mattress ever, and it's rated number one by Consumer Reports over all direct-to-consumer mattresses. So take it from me. I am a satisfied customer and Consumer Reports with all the other satisfied customers telling you you can get your best sleep ever with a Lisa mattress. Go to lisa.com slash Jericho for your 100-night risk-free trial. They'll come pick it up for free if you don't like it, and you're going to save 75 bucks off your order. That's L-E-E-S-A.com slash Jericho. Lisa.com slash Jericho. Let's sell some mattresses for Christmas, man. Help out this show and help out your back. Get the best sleep of your life. Lisa.com slash Jericho. All right, back to Sean Waltman having a great conversation. And uh, Sean, what was the difference for you when you first moved from WCW to WWE? Man, I'm going <laughs> to... It was so... Ex, one, except for the fact that once at, at, toward the end... They kept me on the road for like 20, 25 days a month, which was killing me. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, creatively and all that, and Kevin was such a, I got another story about Kevin Sullivan, but Kevin was, Sullivan was Sullivan, yeah. such a believer in really putting a lot of heat on the heels, right? Yeah. Strong heels. Yeah. Build the dragon up for, you know, to get right. slayed. Right, And uh, I thought he was brilliant, Booker. Mm-hmm. And we had Halloween Havoc, and you and I, and uh, yeah. Las Vegas. Yeah. And I remember I remember Kevin, like, telling me something about, like, you know, I don't know, he was frustrated. What, what, and I'm like, man, like, he should be healed, man. Frustrated with me. Yeah. Oh, wow. Not with you, but oh. with himself on what to do. Oh, I got you. Because he's like, you got, I got this guy, he looks like a million bucks, he's great in the ring, and I'm like, oh, man, he's really good looking, Kevin. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) It's really hard to, like, try to push somebody as anybody. To me, like, coming in the door, I don't think you should push anybody as a baby face. Mm. I think you should let, figure out, get the the reading, send them out there, and, and, like, either that or push them as a heel. And because, like, when you try to push baby face now, people shit on it. It's a lot easier to make people... Hate you, then it's yeah, man. Like <laughs> then once they start hating you, yeah. guess what? They start liking yeah, you, yeah, man, right? Yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah, so Sullivan was saying that to you. Oh, yeah. you said that to him, yeah. And like, I'm sure, like, I'm not the only one that thought mm-hmm. that. Like, 
I thought it was kind of, you know, I mean, how did you feel when you... Oh, I was a heel in Japan. Yeah, okay. All the way up until... And then ECW, there was no heels and babyface, but everybody worked like like a badass, like, like a heel. Right. So when I came into WCW, it felt very strange. I felt like I was taking a big step backwards into Smoky Mountain Wrestling, which in... Knoxville and Memphis, you can still get away. You with worked it. there. You could do the white meat gimmick yes, there. Yeah. And, and, and I was, <laughs> I was watching some stuff, some of that, a couple weeks ago. Right. And I was basically my first night in. My first nitro was against Alex Wright in a babyface babyface match. He dives at me on the floor. I move. He hurts himself. Mm. I stay out there to tend to him. So it's a double countout. I remember Bobby Heenan on commentary goes, "What an idiot! You take uh, the win when you can get him." And that's what the world is thinking. Right. Yes, you are an idiot. Uh, and they what booked a, the finish that way. They booked it that way. That's great. They want. They brought. <laughs> me in as a white meat baby face, <laughs> right. which in this world now with the NWO mm-hmm. was heels, but the coolest heels in town, which as you know, became basically baby faces. Right. So as a nondescript, uh, no personality, sure. good looking baby face, I was dead in the water. Yeah. There was nothing going on for me, you know? Sure. That's it's tough, it was, man. Yeah. It doesn't matter how much talent, like, I mean, if it's, you're not allowed to be you. Yeah. And I, I just remember, I can distinctly remember when you were finally let it all hang out. Yes. That's how I used to like to put it, man. Yeah. When you quit giving a shit, whether, if, like, because people don't want to look foolish, right? When they, when they go, ah, they're afraid. Oh, what if they don't? Like, count, I don't know what if they yeah. don't care it. If you really feel it, man, they'll If you feel commit, it. <laughs> they will yeah. Uh, yeah, they'll come back. Yeah. How was it for you um when when you joined the NWO because the NWO originally was Hogan, Nash, yeah. and Hall. And, and I had it took me a while. I was supposed to come in way before I did, but they were kind of taking their time giving me my release here. Like oh. they were in no hurry, right? <laughs> did you ask for your release? Yeah, Vince let me I went to rehab. You know, um I was supposed to be the first like guy to go. The, in, yeah. in the, to the end of, to WCW? yeah yeah I was the first guy to talk to them oh yeah we, we, I was why? I met Barry Bloom out and I was the first guy to like after Jesse to, yeah. to, to hook up with Barry Bloom right yeah that that's probably like oh, well this isn't is this on WWE Network? No, no, no. It's, um, it's just me. <laughs> I don't think they're a big fan of Barry Bloom's. <laughs> well, they didn't like the fact that, that you had an agent. Well, he raised. He, That's man, why they don't like. He him. was right, but yeah. it built the whole business up, though. Sure I did. think. I mean, we all made money. Yeah, we all made tons of and money. And also, too, we always talk about how this is an entertainment, you know, sure. billion-dollar entertainment conglomeration. Guess what? Every other entertainment, sports, music, acting—they have agents. Yeah. So. We should all have agents yeah. too, but it's it's still that old school carny mentality sure. that there's still a little bit of it left, yep. and that's one of the biggest ones. You Absolutely, don't need an agent. Uh, you no, you, when I can't, well, I'll get to that part. But uh, so I don't go. I'm out. I'm out. I got hurt, so I'm out like training with Francois Petit <laughs> uh, and wow. out in Gold's Gym, you know. And I'm staying with Rich Menzer out there, who yeah. worked for Gold's Gym Enterprises. So I'm like, I want to go meet Barry Bloom and try to get some acting gigs. Mm-hmm. You know, not I would. I, none of us ever thought about ever leaving. Leaving WWF was WWE was no wasn't it? Right. Was, Why would you do? We that? were we felt like you know it was like the mafia. Yeah. You know, I mean it was really tough leaving here, man. Mm-hmm. Really oh, tough. Sure, yeah. But when I heard about like when Barry told me, he goes by the way, you know Bischoff's throwing a lot of money around. And then he told me, and then when Barry told me what he thought I made, and compared to what I really made, I'm like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
like yeah, I'll take some of that money. <laughs> I love I, I really love it here, but like it's business. Yeah, because at the time Vince did not have guaranteed contracts. Correct. He was just giving opportunities. Yeah, yeah. And, and Bischoff had guarantees. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was a lot of money, man. And still, even then, like it was just I didn't make up my mind right away. Like, oh yeah, I want to go. It was just that seed was planted, and it was something I was thinking about all the time. And so, like you know, I told Scott and. Wow. Yeah. So that's really how that ended up. I mean, that there's a different version of that. Sure, but they went there's there. A, yeah, the real story is yeah. that one. Really? Yeah. So, but but then Vince offered to give you a release, but I well, okay, so like okay, that's the thing. Those guys sign, right? And they get their their contracts are up. And um mine rolled over. I didn't get my I didn't uh, give my own notice before my 90 days and so they knew I was trying to leave and I was stuck and so I was getting buried Chris I mean just buried Scott's leaving uh, and I do a diaper match with him and I still do the job and he's the one leaving and I'm staying (laughs) that tells you what kind of heat I I have right right? right. so we did like a 19 20 day run of Europe you know, and it was the last time we were all together, you know, mm-hmm. and um, I was just on a back, like, I, I don't, I probably slept 10 hours the whole time. Mm-hmm. It was crazy, you know, and I got back and I, I, I got to TV, I got, I went to TV with Kurt and I just ate a handful of pills and thought it was a good idea to go into the production meeting afterwards. Wow. Yeah. And I fell out in the middle of production meeting in the winter. They then sent me to rehab. Really? Yeah, yeah, right yeah. There. Yeah, man. And then uh, those guys did the curtain call. Curtain call while I was in rehab. That's why I wasn't in. Ah, on that. okay. Yeah. So um, I get out of rehab, and uh, it was a gr- it was a great experience. You know, I, it wasn't it, my addiction hadn't really wasn't as it seemed bad at the time, but compared to the shit I went through later on in life, mm-hmm. like it really. I needed I needed to learn. It was like going to school, kind of, you know. Going to school to be yeah, sober. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, so I was great for like six, seven years. Like after that, I just smoked my pot, and mm-hmm. that was it. But um, um, I went back to. I mean, I wouldn't smoke a pot while I would, the, my first run because we were getting tested for it. Right. You know, we were sneaking, like trying to get it when whenever we could. But <laughs> um, anyways, uh, Vince brings me in flies me in back into Stanford and has a meeting with me. That's where we're we were talking about the four hour wait for the for the meetings. Uh huh. I waited like four hours just sitting there, you know. <laughs> he was making you wait. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh finally I got in there and um uh you know he's told me like that he really wanted me here and, and all of that. Uh but you know, Hunter was in the doghouse and like Curtain he was call. saying, like I kind of had to work my way back up, kind of like what Hunter was going to have to do. And um, but if I wanted to go work for that billionaire asshole, and it was, better, he, I thought it was. I'm giving you kind of a paraphrase sure. of exactly what he said. And if you think it's better for you and your family, I'll, I'll give you a week to think about it. So he got me all feel, all got me healthy, and then he told me I could go work for the competition. If I mean, I was a pretty good guy, if you mm-hmm. ask me. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. And that was just like, the fr- and he paid me like good money while I was in rehab. Mm-hmm. I got more money. I made more money while I was in rehab than I ever did 
working my ass off every day of the week. <laughs> I swear, man. Like I got like a ten thousand dollar check for a Kuwait tour. I never went. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. Back in ninety, like what? Like yeah. back when nobody was getting shit. Whatever. Right. Right. See, but that, that, that's the thing too. Vince also knows I can't. I can't pay as much as this guy, this yeah. Turner can. So. I can't really hold you back from going if you want to go. Sure. You know, it's the same thing you did to Brett. And I, I and I was like, I, I was cheating on my wife over in, in Europe, right? Yeah. Like, And so while I'm in rehab, like one of her drug addict relatives is coming over and like looking for like spare pills or something that I might have had left over and finds these pictures of me and this with this girl. Like I'm all passed out and there's this girl on top of me, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, not like having sex, but like. Yeah. You know, she's no bra on her bra and yeah, yeah, yeah. giving me a massage. And I'm just, like, out of it, you know. Mm-hmm. And, but, like, uh, so I'm all, like, losing it because, you know, you can't leave rehab. Right. You know, right. and I'm thinking, oh, my wife's going to leave me, and, you know. And I, you know, I called Vince, you know, and I t- he talked to me for, like, an hour. To him. Like, Look, man, I promise you. He's like, you do your thing, you d- your wife ain't going to leave you. Mm-hmm. I promise. You know, he, he was exactly right. <laughs> You know, I mean, he's just like, you got to just do the right thing, man. Just mm-hmm. get your shit together and everything's going to so be So it must fine. have been hard for you to, to leave I mean, a yeah. guy like that, leave leave the WWE. Yeah, yeah it was right. extremely difficult. I couldn't tell him, I couldn't look him in the eye and tell him. Mm-hmm. I, t- I promise you that. How not, you... not at that time. So, so, but you made the decision to go. Yeah. And then once you show up there, was it a, a, a whole culture shock was it better in wcw it was it reminded me the global wrestling federation was run tighter than that was more organized (laughs) wow coming coming from here man and then going there and they're like ripping the run sheet up and rewriting tv on a legal pad like 30 minutes before we're going on there live Mm -hmm. huh Mm. i mean mind you the direction of the booking and all that like there was some good stuff too but it was mainly like the talent that pulled that off, in my opinion. Like, right. Oh, yeah. You know, because what a f- mess, man. Yeah. And because we, I came from this Shark Tank environment, like, I'll be honest, man, and, and even with no promo skills, it was like, ting- and being, just being in, you know, have, being blessed with being put in the NWO, mm-hmm. it was like taking candy from a baby. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. It was, it was so easy to get over. It wasn't even funny. Just because, just of the stuff that I learned, you know. Yeah, because you knew. Yeah, you knew what to do. Yeah, and it was. It wasn't that I was that much talent, more talented than anybody else. But 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 here's something though, Sean, and this is what I'll say because I, I I likened it to coming from WCW to WWE was like Wizard of Oz. Mm. It's black and white. Then you open the door oh, and yeah, it's color. Okay, right on. Yeah. For you guys, it's the opposite. It's color, right. and then you go to this black and white world. But there's a way that Vince trains his guys, even from simple things like not looking into the camera when you do a promo. Mm-hmm. When you see that, it looks so JoJo. I JoJo Starbucks. Yeah. Starbucks. <laughs> give, give the background of JoJo Starbucks, yeah. please. Give me the background of it. Just like it would be like the typical like stereotypical like uh, you know indie or like hey brother you know the guy with maybe like the bow tie and the tux t- 
Tux jacket. Not, not trying to cut down on the Fantastics because they were one no, of the no, greatest. No, 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 but, you know, and the cheap sunglasses, you know, yeah. just JoJo, you know? Yeah, JoJo Starbucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. JoJo. So JoJo means Bush League. Yeah. But when you when you saw stuff like that, that guys were doing WCW that didn't have that WWE training, but you came from the world of Vince, and so did Scott, and so did Kevin. So you guys were already on a different level just because you learned those little tricks that Vince sure. steals on all yeah. of us. Yeah, plus we had just a lot of a lot of um you know events ran us to death mm-hmm. so every night was it was an experiment mm-hmm. you know and it, it we we learned like so much like every night just on okay this worked that didn't you know right and just that experience of, and, and you can't get it man not being out there in front of the people in front of the mm-hmm. and you know like you know better than anybody man that every crowd's a little bit different yeah you know even though like what i call the main what you know some of us call the main event style mm-hmm. like somebody right. was asking me that on twitter like what, what how is it to adjust to the wcw style and i'm like what wcw style mm-hmm. you know i don't mean to, i'm not trying to be a dick yeah yeah but you know, I mean, there's just like to me, there's just a main event like style, and there's not right, you know, and um, that's universal, but still, there's different, you know, the crowds are different, and so you got to tweak it a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. But you so, have to learn that though, like you said, yeah. there's a main event style. I did not yeah. know that until I came here and started working with you and guys like that. You know, Bob Hawley was great at it, right? You know, knew how to work. It's the WWE style, which is the main event style. That's how you work a match. Sure. You know, whereas WCW for me was more, I was with all the luchadors and with all the guys of my clan who were all tremendous workers, but we all came from Japan and Mexico and Europe. So that was more of the style of what we were doing. Sure. But man, like when I went to Mexico, I when I moved down there and I mm. went for AAA and like I was helping, I don't know if you know Moody Jack is. Maybe, I don't know, yeah. Anyways, he... He was like doing all kinds of the, the video production and writing TVs. Like he helped book, Port- mm. he was booked in Puerto Rico for Savio and stuff. But uh, I think Carlos too. Uh, anyways, um, you know, and Conan, I was doing a lot of helping with the writing and uh, like I had a lot of creative input down there. Mm. Um, but I didn't wrestle, Ma- I didn't work Mexican style. Mm. Everybody else already was doing that. Right. And like guys were like wanting to know. Hey, how are you going out there and doing this and getting that reaction? And we're doing all this shit. And, like, the people are just whistling. Like, you know what I mean? Like, some guys thought it was, like, some magic voodoo shit. (laughs) You know? And I'm like, no, man. (laughs) It's psychology. Yeah. I'm like, you guys are just, I mean... It's shit. Mm-hmm. It was so frustrating. I like, like, but see, that's why a guy like Negro Casas is such a great worker. Yeah. And it's not a great worker for Mexico. He's a great worker anywhere because he knows the psychology yep. of what the business. What he knew best was, he, I remember he told me one time because I worked with him a lot when I was in Mexico. He said, "You have to know your people." He knew his audience and knew what they wanted to see. It was never flips and flops and flies. Right. He can work. He can do fast stuff. But it was always about the 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 little tricks that he would use. Yeah. Psychology. Yeah. You know, so and the, it was always the stuff that got the biggest reaction. Yeah, I remember one time we were in uh, we were in Acapulco and it was super humid and super wet inside the whole arena. And he got so he had so much heat and he went to grab the microphone. He went to grab it. He acted as though it shocked him. Like, uh, <laughs> and people were laughing at him and like Gulero and from nothing. Culero, just like, oh. too much. Yeah, and it was like wow, like what a great trick. Uh, yeah, just from nothing. But mm-hmm. that's not a Mexican style. That's just no, good man. work. Like that's you just, just said. he's just brilliant. Yeah, but like, and then you said too, mm-hmm. you're going to Mexico. How are you doing it? Just by using yeah, technology. Man. 
Yeah, right? y'all, y'all are already doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't need nobody who needs to see another guy I'll leave doing that. Up that. To y'all. Trust yeah. me. Exactly. I mean, Negro, one of the best, no doubt about that. But let's talk about how you got the name Six. Uh, very ingenious. One, two, three uh, equals six, right? And I want to know uh, how and why you came back to WWE after being fired unceremoniously, almost like a, as, as a scapegoat from WCW by Eric Bischoff. But first, let's talk DraftKings.com because it's not just about fantasy football. You can also play fantasy MMA. I know you guys are ultimate MMA fans and that you know all the fighters, their strengths, their weaknesses, and that you pay attention to stats and fights. So put that knowledge to work at DraftKings and let it win you some instant cash this weekend. If you use my promo code Y2J, you can play for free with your first deposit, all right? And playing fantasy MMA at DraftKings, it's easy, like really easy. All you got to do is pick six fighters, stay under the salary cap, rack up points based on how your team of fighters performs. You get points for significant strikes. You get points for takedowns. You get points for submissions and knockouts. And all those points can lead you right to an instant cash payday this weekend go toe-to-toe with the competition and win some money win some money and never give it up and as if watching mma wasn't already exciting enough take it to a whole nother level at draftkings.com get to draftkings now to choose your fighters and you can win some serious cash all of this saturday night s-a-t-u-r-d-a-y night and use my promo code y2j to play for free with your first deposit s-a-t-u-r-d-a-y draftkings that's promo code y2j to play for free for your shot at huge cash prize only at DraftKings.com, DraftKings.com, DraftKings.com. Eligibility restrictions may apply. See the website for details. Pick your players. Play in the big leagues. If you want to play fantasy football or fantasy MMA, play with the Kings. Play with DraftKings.com. Sean Waltman finally here on Talk is Jericho. Uh, but uh, when you went to WCW, you were six instead of X-Pac. How did you get that name, Six? That was just Erickson called me six. Were you the sixth guy? I was supposed to be. I don't know if technically I ended up being the after because <laughs> of you know the whole dangling the release carrot in front of me. Oh right, yeah. Right, right, right. You finally got in there. Because <laughs> yeah. I was supposed to come at Ro- Road Wild, mm. and I was even there, but I didn't have my release. Oh okay. Yeah. So they were just uh, playing uh-huh. playing games with you. Sure, why not? <laughs> but you became like a really important part of the new because you were like like we said before, you were the bump. You could bump uh, yeah. around. You're the bump guy. Uh, I was a guy like that's why I was in, in like the we were the wolf pack. Mm-hmm. We wanted to be like the Freebirds, you know, uh, you know. I mean, we're not Zach, but I'm definitely a buddy Jack, 100 <laughs> percent, yeah, for sure, yeah, right. I mean, right. come totally. on. I mean, if we we're the Freebirds, I'm buddy Jack. Yeah, not that I like no, because Bam Bam could work too. But I mean, just my my role. Yeah, right. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then guy comes in and gets his ass kicked. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The other guy beats him, and then I come in and you know stomp while he's down, that kind of shit. But uh, um, you know, they wanted to when Flair came back from his shoulder injury in Charlotte, and him and Green, Kevin Green and Piper. Uh, were it was versus Scott and Kevin and and they wanted and it was and me and but they wanted they wanted Hogan, you know and I get it, mm-hmm. but at the time and the guys were winding me up too just <laughs> Scott's diner just revving me up you know, <laughs> and like there was serious heat between me and Rick, really? big time yeah for 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 what reason because i thought he was trying to freeze me out like i'm like so i'm going to be in the main event and you're trying to cut me out you know like mm. i was hungry man and i was ah. going to get like my respect right you know and so like i said some pretty heavy shit to him and i even slapped the living dog shit out of him no right kidding. on live tv yeah cuz he was killing me on the mic right and like like he's slice dice anybody right mm-hmm. And so, like, I bowed up to him, and he pushed me. And when he put his hands on me, man, like, bam, I just knocked the shit out of him. And 
and he's like chasing me around the the whole building and stuff. And you ran away. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> what happened backstage? He was so brief. He looked, his face looked like a beat. I thought we were gonna fight. Oh wow. He was like, oh that was good. I'm like, oh good. I'm glad you think so because it was. But like, oh really? So backstage it was, was cool good because it? it was real. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But when we went out there, I was always my main objective was to put make Ric Flair. Rick Flair, you know, mm-hmm. give the people the nature boy. Right. The nature boy's greatest hits. Like when we wrestled in this Philadelphia spectrum, he just wanted, like, we're like, well, whatever you want to do, like, I'll just listen to you. Like, he would start calling, like, him versus him and Flair Steamboat spots with me yeah. doing the go, like, flip behind him, roll him up. I'm like, yeah. no, we didn't. they don't want to see that, Rick. Yeah. Come on, man. They yeah. want you to be the baby face. Yeah. So he, he, embrace he, it, man. He wasn't as good of a baby face as he was a heel. He was a very natural heel. Right. But for him, as he a baby got, face, a little awkward for when, him. When, when, like, when we worked with him, like, we got it out of him, like, because we were so. But you were we calling were, it, though. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, which I'm sure was kind of foreign to him because mm-hmm. he's called and and carried so many guys. And, Absolutely. Like, he's carried the worst shit I've ever, like Jack Venino in the Dominican Republic, who he had to drop the belt to to get out of there alive. Rufus R. Johnson. Or, oh, or, Rufus R. Frank saved the bones for Rufus R. Jones. Jones, that's. Yeah. yeah. Rufus Jones, yeah. Had a hog down to his knees. <laughs> that's Slick's dad. Is it really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Supposedly, yeah. Really? Yeah, a yeah. hog down to his knees. Yeah, yeah. Stuff you never heard oh, before. Oh, yeah. Burhead Jones, too. <laughs> but being so close to Scott and Kevin um, and, and being, like I said, a pivotal guy in the NW, especially, I always found that you got heat. Those yeah. guys, were they got into the cool heel mode. Right. Ooh, what are you going to do? You actually got heat. Yeah. And... Um, but then you almost got that used against you though with Bischoff because he was he was having well, problems with yeah well yeah, and and I get it man I like I said I look at I look at it from both right. sides I I see as I do because I mean mm-hmm. you, you we didn't mind waving the prick flag at any particular moment and there was a lot of reasons to do so um, and a lot a lot of times it wasn't warranted mm-hmm. I regardless. Um, their contracts, because because of the way I came in, I didn't have as much leverage as Scott and Kev did, right? So they had this ironclad, like, they, really, they were unpunishable. Mm-hmm. So I got the heat, you know? And when I was out with the broken neck, then, you know, and there was other things involved. And it wasn't like, I, I, I see Eric's side, too, totally. But, right. you know, he was mad at them, and so he sent, he term, sent my termination. You know, but 10, 10 months after, like, I'm just about ready to come back. Right. Oh, you've been out for 10 months? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So and the were... whole time, Scott's have every in-ring, because, you know, every week there's an in-ring with Hogan. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. We made Hogan call, you know, shout out to Six Pac back home. And everybody was wearing the Six Pac. So it was like I was on TV every, every week. Every week, right. Yeah. yeah wow. Man. So, you, so you got fired before you even made your return. Yes. Wow. And that's when I came the next Instantly day after Instantly fired. Yeah, so and he can... was like, and and so Scott and Kev were hot, right? And like they actually went and uh, pulled pulled Bischoff and the office by, him, by themselves. Like Scott, and Kev did the whole take the watch off thing and uh, fire my butt, you know. <laughs> it's gonna be a fight. Yeah, that kind of thing, right? And um, and that, that was, mind you, I wasn't there, so I don't know exactly how it went, mm-hmm. but um. But once again, like you said, Eric, no, Eric, Eric had a lot of resolve as well. Yeah, he, man. He, hey, look, Eric got either. a lot of balls, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Huge respect for that guy. Mm-hmm. Huge. Yeah. 
wasn't a big fan of him f- over that firing. But well, at the time, yeah, you know, it was a different time. Yeah. Like, I, I wasn't a fan of him either when I left. Now I consider him to be a pretty cool guy. Hell yeah, you know, he's, he's a friend. You know, a- absolutely. Can- but uh, you know, so he was expecting me to give him a call, and I'm like. And now uh, I've been sitting at home, like, I'm thinking to myself, first of all, I told Kevin, I'm like, Dad, tell him to call me, right? Like, I'm not, the, mm-hmm. I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. But, off. you know, there was some, there's another part to that story, though. I never actually signed my contract with WCW because I was trying to get a raise and all I had was a deal memo because, you know, Barry, right? Yeah. And so that's why, like, when I had my broken neck, I didn't want to, I kept working for a couple of weeks because I'm trying to get this raise. Just killed it at that pay-per-view at Flair, Viper, and Green. Yeah. So I'm, like, thinking I'm justified to ask for it. And so, but no. Didn't get it, yeah. No. I worked there for 17 months without signing my contract. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, obviously you it, didn't look surprised I, when I said that. I just that. wanted to see how long I could go after a while. <laughs> and no one knew until that Diana Myers came in. And then she, sure. like, next day had me sign. Same thing when I got here. When I came back here, it was several months. Oh, really? Yeah, That's because nice. we were because I came up with X Pac, right? Oh, okay. And I wanted to own it, and obviously there wasn't going to happen. Yeah. And we were going back and forth over some little minor things, like you know, like you always ask for more shit, and like then you can give some. But yeah. the art of negotiation, sure, of course. That's what negotiation yes. is. Yeah. Yeah, I learned a lot when it comes to that. <laughs> was X Pac a, a derivative of Tupac? It was well. I was six. See, I I made when I that was one thing. When I came here, I had WWE put in the contract that I own six six pack kid. Oh, all that six pack, right? Yes. And right. then so when, when when he was like, I remember because Vince knew I didn't want to be the kid anymore, right? And he goes, Well, how about if we call you the man? And I'm like, Oh, because you don't want to tell the boss that's a fucking shit. <laughs> Right, he, especially when he just got. But fired you know what? He doesn't. He doesn't really care if you tell him it's the shit. Well, he likes it. Yeah. No one tells him anything's the shit. Yeah. <laughs> so when you say it's the shit, so probably laughing. Oh yeah, that's pretty bad. Yeah. You know. Uh, the man. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine that? <laughs> that's just your name, the man. <laughs> Plus, how the fuck do you live up to that? Oh, it's terrible, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, I am. Because people will tell me that sometimes. I'm sure you hear it. Too. Hell, you're the man, Jerry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, like, oh, I'm a man. Yeah. I don't know if I'm the man. <laughs> yeah, I'm a man. I almost but, was the man. Yeah. <laughs> when, so when you came back here, was it kind of like a little bit of a uh, like we mentioned going back to like, oh, this is so much more organized and so much more yeah. of a machine, you know? Yeah, it was amazing. Right. It was it was the greatest time of my life. Really, yes. when you came back more so than w, WCW. Absolutely. Oh, wow. it was it was uh, ten times. And I'm not taking anything away from that because that was amazing too. Mm-hmm. But I'm just trying to emphasize just how amazing that experience right, was. Right, right, Yeah. When you came back. Because it's hard to put that in words, man, you know? Yeah, sure. I mean, and, and you came back with just a scathing promo. <sighs> I mean, it wasn't it wasn't smooth, but it was real. <laughs> Remember when you said you got so close. To, you, you can, yeah, if you stop short. Bishop's going to go so far up your ass, going to know what you have for breakfast. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, yeah. Talking about Hogan or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Well, Hulk had said, you know, I couldn't cut the mustard, so, I, oh, you okay. know, on TV, like after it had already been canned. You don't forget that stuff. Well, it, I, mean? I, I never, I didn't take it personal. I just no. knew I had to, yeah, yeah. you know, get Return, him back. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Yeah, it was no big deal. To, I Honestly, man, I'm not one of those guys, like, it's got to be something kind of really heavy, like, for me to take it personal. Mm-hmm. Not, like, sticks and stones type shit. Especially when you're in this business. Right. You just know that's just the nature of the game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I had Hunter on this show last year, 
and we were talking about it's like you know because we didn't get along when I first came in, and then you think about it and you're like why what why didn't we get along? What's the problem? <laughs> Two guys that love the business that love right. to work each other and have great matches, and we hated each other. Like, right? Why? But that's just part of growing up in sure. this world. You know? Yeah, all of these things. So much of the of like that type of things just mm-hmm. seem so silly. Talking about your relationship with Vince and and how much you enjoy being here and all stuff, it really surprises me that you don't have a job here in creative. Well, man, or or would you? No, I've never, I've never even asked Hmm. because we don't have to like the things that I did after I left here, man. Like I, I'm just grateful like to be a part of this family. Yeah, yeah, man. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing was ever like done. Like I never said bad things about the company, but I made an ass out of myself, and you know, um, it was an embarrassment to the business from my point of view. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you know, all that shit with the sex tape, and you know, mm-hmm. you know, every other week some kind of bullshit. You know, right, right, right. So there's that, and I don't know. I just I'd do anything if they ever asked me to do. Mm-hmm. If they had told me to come do, hey, we want you. to come to you know be creative or mm-hmm. go to nxt or do whatever i would do it you know regard maybe whatever. they're just waiting to see like you gotta have some time man you gotta have right. a track record and i right. have now but still are, like, you, are you sober now well i still trying? smoke a lot of pot right 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 right, right. but yeah. so off the others oh yeah stuff. man nothing i'm like healthy dude yeah. see that's great yeah. And maybe they're just waiting to see you know is this going to be a month a year two years and then like you said get a track record and but the thing is, is Chris, I, I do very well. I'm just fine, man. Right, 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 you know, right. at I the same you. time. I got you. I got you. I got you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's, let's, let's be honest not. Here. Yeah, let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, work business is good. Yeah, gotcha. So, um, you know, like just working here is working here. Sure. This is this is the big leagues. Yeah. It really is. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was talking to Bubba and Diva when they came back here after working in TNA for a while. And, and you know, any company that exists, I love it. It's good for the boys. Yeah, man. But you come here. It's the Super Bowl every night, man. Of course, you know it really is. What do you What do you like? Um, you, you mentioned you work in a lot of the independents and stuff like that. Do you enjoy working? Do you work with other guys of, with name value? Do you like working with younger guys? You just work with whoever they tell you. To I work like with? working with the younger guys, Chris, mm-hmm. because well, first of all, I just I do tag matches now. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I I told you earlier I injured yeah. my pack and right, Get and that injuries. was serious, pretty serious injury, but I'm still able to to work continue, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I have my greatest tits, right? We were talking about earlier. Bronco Buster. Bronco Buster, two variations of a spin kick. You know, um, I say suck it, X Factor. There you go. You know, maybe a quick leg drop here and there. Yeah. You always did those really good. Thanks. The, the Lightning Kid leg sure. drops. Yeah. That was good. like Muda. And yeah. It was a combination of Muda's uh, elbow and Brett's leg drop. Ah. Because Brett always dropped a tight leg drop. Right. But you're doing with this, like off the ropes. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those those are the greatest hits of X. Sure, yeah. you know. And can yeah. you still use the name Xbox? Oh, of course. They they're cool with that. That's well, not cool. of course, because that's but, a good question. Right. You know, a lot of guys but, can't. When they, right, they, and and you know, at any time they could say, "Hey, not to me." They they would never. There might be some promoter that they don't particularly like, and they might go, "Hey, no." Mm-hmm. But uh, generally speaking, they don't. They that's they, cool. they, 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 that, yeah, that man, shows a little bit of absolutely. faith in you as well. Yeah. You know, because like once mm-hmm. you just mentioned the Dudleys come to mind, they weren't allowed to be Dudleys anywhere. Or, well, know. if I was when I went to TNA, you know, um, I was six back, mm-hmm. and they were just wanting to call me Sean Waltman because they're so 
litigation yes. shy down sure. there. They would bow. Like I'm yeah. like, you guys are pussies. Like I'm like, here's the freaking contract right here. It says I own the goddamn name. Yeah. Now tell them the f off. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Just a couple last things, man. There's something I got to ask you about because I, I I think you talked about this on on Open Anthony or something. Did you like bust your ass? Like, tore my asshole. You, you legitimately <laughs> tore yes. your asshole. And I don't know if this is a story that that you. I don't the, mind. I how the hell do you tear up. your asshole? Missing the Bronco Buster into uh, the, 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 the the turnbuckle, the threads and yeah, everything. Yeah. 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 So you kind of landed. I came if, into horizontal. You know, forty-five right. degrees is how I was supposed to come in uh-huh. on that. And you came you straight across. Time, so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I came like in. you dragged your ass across. Yeah, the man. Like I was a dog scooching trying to wipe the shit yeah, off his ass. I was just thinking ass. that. I was yeah. just thinking <laughs> that. Wow. Now, I would think that that probably is a pretty bad pain. It was awful. Like one of the worst pains you could it probably have. It was awful. The, the, the arm thing was yeah. worse, but yeah, it was terrible. Did you know right away? Yeah. Because you could see me. Because I actually, as crazy as this sounds, like about two years prior to that, I did pretty much the same exact injury. I just figured, what's the chances of me tearing my asshole ever again? <laughs> it's just the second time I did it, I had to have sphincterplasty surgery to repair it. Sphincterplasty? Sphinc- sphincterplasty. Plasty. Yeah. They had How to call the special doctor in because nobody really had ever done well, that. Yeah, it's not, it's, yeah. You know, and like, if I wouldn't, like, had wrestling gear on, they would have been like, yeah, right, you did that wrestling. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. <laughs> Trying to stick a freaking yeah. bowling, bowling pin up yeah, your ass or something. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, dude, that must have, like, you can't sit. I mean, I've had a bad uh, Cossex injury, which sure, is in your oh, tailbone. Brutal, yeah. I'm sure this is probably just as bad. Um, It's different. Uh, the thing is, is, it was Jerry Lynn's retirement match, oh. and there was like one or two other guys, two other guys in the match. So it was like a fatal four-way touch. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so I finished the match. There was like probably ten more minutes left, but as soon as I landed, I'm like, oh, you could see me. You could see me, and like they showed on TMZ and all that. And, Dude, and once again, not laughing, but it's so. That's funny, it's, man. It's Come funny. on, it's ridiculous, right? Yeah, like, I tore my ass. Yeah. Off. Wow. Yeah, and like I had the surgery, and like I was in diapers, and oh, dude. Yeah, and See, I, st- yeah, the, the, the stuff we go through, and people say sometimes like that right there. It's a true warrior right there, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my ass. yeah, and I did my finish off the top rope onto a guy after I tore my ass. Wow. Yeah. How long were you healing from that? I don't. Know. Four to six weeks, or it was like months. Oh, and there's still some stitches in there because, like, who's gonna go to the doctor and go, "Hey, bend over and go." Will you take? Oh shit! Sorry. It's all right, dude. Don't worry about it. Who's gonna? Would you mind taking these stitches out of my asshole? I just spilled a bunch of water everywhere for everybody at home. Okay. It's all right. Fuck. Under the circumstances, it's okay. <laughs> Last question, and this is a hard one, but I always like to ask it. If you had to pick one or two of your matches that you stand out as your favorites, could you? is there one or, one or two that stand out for you? Um, the Bret Hart, my match versus Bret Hart. Was that on Raw? As a singles match. On Raw? Yeah, on Raw. Mm. Yeah, um, I had just had a match at King of the Ring with, with Owen. Which was and one we, of the best four-minute matches I've ever seen. Thank you. And, Maybe and, the and best. that was what like Brett said after we got back from the ring. Mm-hmm. And I think it might have been one of the first times I ever worked with Owen. But, you know, we managed to cram a ton into that match without m- making it yes. seem rushed. Right, right. And that's amazing to without me because we did a ton. Yeah, I mean, we really did. We really did a lot for that amount but of time. But not not of like not a lot where it didn't make sense. 
You know what I mean? It wasn't right. like a loser exactly. match. There's a powerbomb off the top. But you just mm-hmm. a lot of stuff, but it all everything was led sold. to the next. You know? Yeah, and like I mean, I had no choice to sell that that missile, that space ball kick he hit me with through the ropes when I was staggering. Oh wow! He killed me, man. If you go back and watch <laughs> it, the lights are out. Really? Yeah, and I'm like selling the three pile drivers Jeff Jarrett gave me earlier in the night. Wow! In round one, right? Oh, because it was like a King of the Ring. King of the Ring, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Brett, you know, they mm-hmm. booked. They told me, they tell Brett like, and so I can't remember. Pat came up and said, "Yeah, you're gonna work with Kid," you know. And they gave us like 30 minutes. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and Brett that. like. Brett turned himself heel a little bit just to like get. He was so good, he, man. man. He was great, so good. awesome. People forget now because he's been gone for such a long time. But he, it, it's between him and Sean for me as who's the best for sure. Time, yeah, you know? and it's just a matter of yes. taste. Yeah, you're right. You know, everything's subjective. You yeah, know? so I agree. I, I I wouldn't argue with either like one or, the, or like Flair or mm-hmm. you know, yeah, yeah the trifecta. Yeah. The, 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 the Mount Rushmore <laughs> yeah. right there. Yeah. Uh, my favorite one that we had, and I just remember this as we were talking when you said Fatal Four Way, yeah. was you versus me versus Eddie versus wow. Chris in Las Vegas. I forgot we had that, and then somehow I ran across it, and I was like, "Wow, does it hold up?" Yeah, wow, because I haven't seen it in my head. I just remember, I remember because because we I were s- I spin kicked uh, Benoit's head off with one of those yeah, 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 pressing yeah. kicks, and I went like this. And you did the O'Connor roll on me. Right. That Into was the, the bridge. Yeah, that was the finish. Yeah. And I remember the reason why another is a, we were backstage going over it, and it wasn't coming together. We didn't have just had, any There was ideas. a few wrinkles that needed to be ironed out. And yeah, but then I remember we were kind of running out of time, and we just either put it together really fast or just kind of left the rest to let's just do yes. it. Yeah. And it was just like, talk about it four guys at the, at, at the peak of their games in this match that was just kind of thrown together. And everybody was like on the same page, right. man. Right. Yeah, no, everybody was working together, yeah. man. That's the thing about like sometimes in Mexico, guys are selfish down there and they're mm-hmm. not working for the match, they're working for themselves. Sure, right, get their shit in. Yeah, yeah. That was not the case. No, man. In fact, that might be my favorite match I ever had with Eddie as well. Wow. Yeah. And you, like, one of the coolest two, man, and, and I have to apologize to you for something. Um, probably more than one thing if I sit and think about it. <laughs> uh, but our cage match that we had. Yeah. And it, I thought it was an yeah, excellent match. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Those okay, but really, man, a lot of that was just we did it out there. Yeah. Because I remember when I told you to backdrop me into the cage, you're like, "You crazy son of a bitch!" <laughs> I can't I just I don't remember exactly what it was, but you're like, Are you "That was me? probably the idea." Yeah. Yeah. But uh, um, the finish I thought was so cool, right? Like I'm Walls. standing on. No, well, was that was awesome. That was the first time anybody ever put like a platform yeah, on top of a cage here. Platforms for us. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, was what you were standing on? I I climbed down, right? You you I I somehow kick you off of the. I should have let you keep kept me in the walls of Jericho longer because uh, the people were really coming with it, right? right? Yeah, yeah. Then you flip me out yeah, of it. Yeah, you go down. I climb down, right? I'm standing on the cage door, and I'm like, yeah, and everybody's thinking I win, and you drop kick the cage, and I land on my balls on the on the, excuse yeah. my like, cage door. Yeah. And then out, out you go, and the place went nuts. Right, they went right, banana. Right. Yeah, banana. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you have to apologize? Because I didn't, I was out all night getting messed up and didn't have any sleep the night before. And remember, I hurt my neck on, on, on the power bomb off the top of the cage. And you weren't even really wanting to give that to me. That's right. You know, that's I remember you didn't show up till about four exactly because I was like I, I had like went out and did ecstasy and like that's bought right. a hooker or something. <laughs> And didn't even bang her. And you know what? Like, pretty much, like, that's, that's like the, that, 
I would I don't do that stuff anymore. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know. I remember I was like, where the hell is he, man? This is a case on pay per view. And then you finally got there and you're like, what's up, dude? I'm like, hey, man. You know, all right. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, it's good talking to you, you too, man. man. We, could, we could do this for of another course. hour, two hours next time, but uh, it, it's great. <laughs> it's great you, to see you, man. What a great conversation with Sean Waltman. Just a, a great dude and a tremendous guy. If you want to hear more of Sean's crazy wrestling stories and his incredible insight into the pro wrestling business and the psychology surrounding it, check out his podcast, X Pac 12360 on the Afterbus Network. You can subscribe on iTunes or watch it on YouTube. You're going to get a lot of insight into everything pro wrestling with one of the smartest guys I've met in the job. Talking about Sean Waltman. Thanks to him for being here. And thanks to you guys for doing all your holiday shopping through the uh, Talk is Jericho Amazon links. Easiest way to support the show. And hopefully it's taking some of the stress out of shopping and gift giving. Remember, you find my Amazon links at podcast1.com. Click on the Killer Deals button in the top right corner of the page. Then hit the Talk is Jericho button. Amazon links in the USA, the UK, the Canada, A. Every time you use Talk is Jericho, uh, Amazon kicks back a small percentage to the show to help us cover production costs. You buy anything you think of on uh, Amazon and using them, Amazon links won't cost you anything extra. No hidden fees or extra charges. You want to become a, a Jericho Amazon warrior, take a picture of what you buy on Amazon, post it on the Twitter at Talk is Jericho. I will retweet it and I'll follow you, all right? And uh, thanks again to all my other great sponsors who you can also find on the Killer Deals button. ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. Buy a max pack or a combo pack and get a second one for 50% off. DraftKings. Use my promo code Y2J to play for free with no deposit this weekend. Great MMA uh, fights coming up. Omaha Steaks. Go to omahasteaks.com and use my promo code Jericho. Put that in the search bar and get a whole family gift pack of tasty treats and meats for just $49.99. Then lisa.com. Use my promo code Jericho. Get 75 bucks off your mattress paddle chips and don't forget you got 100 days to try that mattress out if you don't like it they'll come pick it up for free that's l-e-e-s-a.com lisa.com and pure to or if you got problems with thinning hair you'll get an extra 20 bucks off when you order at two minute club.com slash jericho number two two minute club.com slash jericho all right thanks again for checking out talk is jericho and uh, the jericho network on podcast one we got a new podcast coming up on the Jericho Network. Drop it on Monday, December 19th. The fourth show. I know you're going to love this one. You guys always talk about the paranormal guests, Amy Bruni and Adam J. Barry, talking about the kindred spirits this past week. But now we got two of the experts in the field, Beyond the Darkness, hosted by Tim and Dave from Darkness Radio. It's a whole new show bringing the uh, Darkness Radio uh, 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 franchise, I guess you'd say, the, the, the brand over to talk is Jericho. Beyond the Darkness, all new show every week with Dave and Tim. Tim. They've got some great guests, creepy stories, experiences. You will be riveted. So let the Jericho Network keep you entertained all week long. Of course, talk is Jericho every Wednesday, Friday. Killing the town with Storm and Cyrus every Tuesday. Keeping it at 100 with Conan on Thursdays. And the big feud between Disco Inferno and Cyrus Brewing. I don't know what's going to happen between those two shows. And of course, Team Tiger Awesome every Sunday. Great episode this week about Nick Mundy being a hero uh, facing Kevin James, TSA, and uh, the uh, El Bandita Fuego, the Fire Bandit. Of course, the ridiculous musings of T-Tanger Awesome. If you haven't checked it out, you should start now. Uh, go to iTunes, hit the subscribe button, subscribe and stars for all of them. We thank you very much for that. And don't forget, March 15th, 2017, it's the biggest podcast ever. When Mick Foley joins Talk is Jericho and the countdown rolls on and on and on, 95 days and counting. Thank you for listening. Keep listening for the 60-second AP News headlines coming up next. And coming up next Wednesday, 
Oh, yeah, we got a very special guest is coming up on Wednesday. I'm going to tell you right now who it is. I'm going to tell you right now who it is. You want to know who it is? Huh? You want to know who it is? I'm going to tell you. World's loudest podcast is going to be here. If you're a rock fan, you know Carolina Rebellion, Rock on the Range, Northern Invasion. The biggest rock festivals in the world today are happening thanks to the fine guys at Danny, Danny Wimmer Productions. We got Gary and Clay from Danny Wimmer Productions telling us all about what it takes to put together a major rock and roll festival, working with uh, with, with, with Soundgarden, working with Guns N' Roses, working with Metallica, working with Avenged Sevenfold and all the trials and tribulations that they have in putting together the hugest rock uh, uh, festivals in the world today. It's the world's loudest podcast this Wednesday. We'll see you then. Stay hard, stay hungry. Peace, love, and hugs, and a big yeah, boy! You can download new episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com.